0: You're listening to Pass the Book to Fifi, brought to you by Ben's Media Group, amplifying the voices you want to hear.
1: Welcome to the Pass the Book to Fifi podcast. For today, I'm literally speaking to Andrea Beatty. Andrea is the author of many beloved children's books, including the best-selling Questionnaires series, Who remembers Rosie Revere, engineer, Biggie Peck, architect. Oh, so many favorites. Attack of the Fluffy Bunnies, Happy Birthday, Madame Chapeau, and one girl. She lives just outside Chicago. You can find more information about Andrea at www.andreababy.com. Andrea, welcome to the virtual living room thank you I
0: feel so comfortable it's lovely to be here I feel like I've been here before it's such a comfortable place
1: yes let's have a spot of tea and some biscuits shall we now I've got 5,555 questions I don't know how in the world we're going to squeeze it in but are you
0: up for the challenge today I am because I have 5,551 answers and maybe they'll match. I don't know. Maybe they won't. We'll just have to see what happens. We'll give it a shot. Well, first, congratulations are in order. Aaron
1: Slater, illustrator, has reached bookstores all over the nation and delighting children everywhere. Congratulations. Thank you so much.
0: I, I really love this book. I'm just so excited. If, if you know what? Whenever a new book comes out, I don't even realize it. But once it comes out, I I recognize that I've been holding my breath for a month, and then I'm like, oh, and it just feels like you send your child out into the world and they're doing okay. Yes, yes, you're releasing your
1: baby out into the world. Well, I can tell you that I've read the book, and I have to say, my heart was so full. And it almost brought me to tears. It is a beautiful, beautiful book. Just another one of the magical and beautiful gifts that you give to children. Now, for those who have not read the book yet, can you give us the elevator speech?
0: Sure. So Aaron Slater is the kid who... Uh, in in Miss Lila Greer's classroom, so all of the, the kids, Rosie Revere, Iggy Peck, uh, Ada Twist, Sophia Valdez, they're all in the same classroom taught by Miss Lila Greer. And Aaron is the kid who always wears the white T-shirt and the jeans and the white, t- white shoes, but these bright yellow socks. So on one hand, he's trying to blend in and to kind of not to be, you know, show too much pizzazz. And yet he always has these bright yellow socks. And what it turns out is that he is a kid who uh, is a really great artist, but he also struggles with reading. And the thing he wants more than anything in the world is to write stories. And he, he has dyslexia. It's not, you know, he's not identified as dyslexia in the book until the end. There's a note about it. And um, so readers can learn about it. But he's, he struggles And he just, as he goes and tries to learn, he just gets more and more frustrated. And he just kind of decides that if he can't really stand out, he's going to blend in. And I think like so many kids who don't find success when they're trying something that's hard on the best of situations to learn how to read. It's a hard thing. Uh, He just kind of starts losing himself. But then uh, art is his way into it's his tool. It's his way to to share his voice with the world. And when that happens, he recognizes that he does have things to say and he has this incredible beauty and, and that starts to come back out of him. So that was a very long elevator pitch. It was a tall building we were in, I think. That's okay. We enjoyed the ride. Every floor was magnificent.
1: But Andrea, I have to say, there was something magical, truly magical about every picture book you write in the questionnaire oh. series. There's a humanness in each story. The characters are not perfect, yet they find their own way to demonstrate what it means to be both unique and brilliant in your own special way and that it is okay. Now, is is this the intention behind these stories? You know,
0: it's not. Um, I First off, I think that kids, whenever you write a book setting out to have some sort of moral or some sort of big here kids here's your life lesson that's that's medicinal and kids will smell that a mile away so there's that loses its authenticity and that's not really what i do i do kind of accidentally end up there i i always as shocked as anyone when i get to the book and go oh well that wrapped up neatly with a lovely world there um (laughs) It's never intentional. What I do when I write these books, first off, I kind of write them for myself. So when I'm writing, I'm trying to explore ideas and see, really try to figure out what I think about things, which is strange because you think by the time you get to 60, you kind of know what you think about things, but I'm evidently, I'm a late bloomer, so. (laughs) You're not by yourself in that, Andrea. <laughs> Every day is self-discovery around here. <laughs> you know what? And that's, isn't that the fun of it though? Isn't that the thing? That uh, is. So what happens when I'm, when I'm writing these books is that I'm trying to explore what does it mean to be brave? When I wrote uh, Sofia Valdez, I was trying to figure out what does it mean to be brave? How, how does a person be brave be brave when you don't think you can have any power you don't think you can change things you don't think you can make a difference and you have Mm -hmm. to come out of your comfort zone so that's that was that book um Ada Twist was really thinking about curiosity and um everyone is curious so but I just I don't know I'm sort of consumed with curiosity I think I get that from my mom who was a historian and she was always trying to get answers for everything and that's Kind of a contagious and wonderful thing. Um, so, Aaron um, is really a book I think about the power of art and beauty mm-hmm. and hope. And I think right now we we kind of need that. And oh, I think on a personal I level, never. yeah. And on a personal level, I I've been doing a lot of gardening as my way to kind of like process the world, and that's innately give you know full of beauty and weeds. There's a lot of weeds, but that's okay. <laughs> But <laughs> in the process of doing that, I end up writing these stories that there's a universality about that because everybody has passion like Iggy does for something that everyone has passion for something. Mm-hmm. Everyone's curious. Everyone has to be brave sometimes mm-hmm. uh, and everyone needs hope and beauty. So there's just this and perseverance for Rosie. Everybody needs to be able to try to get through tough times. And I think that these books connect to kids and the messages ring true because those things are true for everybody, no matter who you are, where you live, what you look like, what your family history is. None of that really matters. Everyone is curious. Everyone and is. I think, I, yeah. I think that
1: there's a, there's too an underlying beauty to all of this, the questionnaire series. Andrea, if I may, and just showing kids that they're not alone. Oh, for sure. But, so, but oftentimes, you know, and, and if we feel that way as adults, imagine how they feel oh, yeah. you know, um, in the struggle. And and one of those struggle, struggles in which I have to say kudos and congratulations also to David Roberts, who is the illustrator of this beautiful book, who amazingly tells a story within the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 gives us basically a visual story of Aaron's dyslexia. Aaron, the main character of this book, has dyslexia. Why did you choose to discuss the learning difference in your book, this particular learning difference?
0: So this book was really inspired um, in part by David's story, because he was he we've had a chance to meet a few times. He lives in London and I live in Chicago. So we don't often get to to cross paths in person although we do skype or zoom or whatever now um but one time i got to meet david and he we were talking about our child childhoods and he was telling me how he struggled with reading and it it was so hard for him um, because he just couldn't get it um but he could draw and he was so blessed to have in his life people who recognized that he had things to say and he had a way to say it and really nurtured his love of art um, and that made sort of all the difference so that that was really the the seed for this book and one of the wonderful things in the, as you said in the illustrations is how david shows Aaron's difficulty in reading. And there's two Mm -hmm. illustrations, particularly that just, they both break and mend my heart at the same time. Mm -hmm. And one of them is where Aaron's moms are reading with him. And he's very young. So he just knows that he's going to take to reading. He's going to start writing books. And that's just like, he knows that's just what he wants. But as he's sitting there and his, his folks are reading to him, the words are sort of backwards. They're upside down. And it's just, that are uneven and david says that that his choice of drawing the words that way that are being read to Dave to aaron are taken basically from his childhood notebooks wow that some of the projects and things that he has as a kid and when he would write that's how the answers would be they would be backwards and that so that was his reality of of the, the written word um so that was one and then the the next scene where Aaron gets into school and he gets to second grade. And at this Mm -hmm. point, he's so frustrated. He doesn't think he's ever going to read. And he's all he wants to do is just get by, blend in and just sort of get through it. And he's sitting there and all the kids have books and they're sitting on the floor and the, the teacher is is talking to them. But you can look around Aaron and all the all the letters have spilled out of his book onto the floor. And then some of the other kids, though, you look and there are other kids who have some of their letters have fallen out of the books, maybe not as many, maybe some of them a little more. Um, And so it's just this instant visual visualization of just this lack of access that he has to the written word and how devastating that is for him. Just the look on his face. David just, he breaks my heart with this illustration. Um, One of the details, though, and this is one of the many things I absolutely cherished, david for is that he puts so much into every detail mm. things that you wouldn't even notice for a long 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 time if ever and in that illustration there's one of the kids the little redheaded boy also has um you know things around the floor where his pages just builds images but i didn't know it at first but they're all numbers and so that little boy has a dyscalculia so he oh, wow. his brain has trouble processing numbers. And I would never have noticed that if David hadn't had said, I'd noticed that kid had you know, things out of his book, but that kind of level where there are just layer upon layer of thought and um, really caring detail that he puts into those illustrations. It's just everything.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, Andrea, we're going to take a break sure. uh, right now. And when we come back, Going to talk about the special author's note that you have in the book uh, to the readers we've got to make a car payment but we'll be right back with andrea baby many thanks to our sponsor entertainment consultants need film locations or studios for your production need to make a commercial for your business contact them at 678-685-1811 Again, 678-685-1811. You can also follow them on Instagram at filmlocalga. Again, film ga. And we're back with Andrea Baby. And before the break, we talked about the author notes, the author's note. I love what you said, Andrea. Aaron's dyslexia informs who he is, but it does not define who he is. We each have our own superpowers and struggles. That's what makes us unique, beautiful, strong, and important to the world. Just like Aaron, that's a strong message for a child who has not yet found their superpower.
0: Thank Mm -hmm. you. Oh, thank you. It is, um, but it's really important. I mean, kids don't have the life experience to recognize that any anything that gets in their way is not the end of it. They they only know what they've experienced so far. So when they struggle with reading and they see their peers sort of breezing through it, even though they may also have their own struggles, they don't. They can't say, "Oh, but I have these other things I could do." And also. I can find a way to get through this and people will help me. They don't, they don't see that. Everything, everything a kid experiences is the first time they experience that. And it's a complete and total experience. They just don't have the bandwidth to recognize that. Um, so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I want kids to know that. And, and adults probably that um, our struggles don't determine everything about us. They do inform who we are, though. I mean, that's part of who you are, but it's not even sometimes the worst things and the hardest things you have to carry in your life, whatever that is, um, they add a dimension to who you are that sometimes gives you a perspective that no one else will have. And then it's really valuable and beautiful and important. So I hope that I hope the kids can be a little easier on themselves and also come to accept, Okay, well, this is this is how my brain works. Okay. Got it. Now let's figure out what to do with that and, and be able to move on. And, to, to, and, and maybe also through that note and just through the whole idea of the book, maybe other people will also recognize, oh yeah. So Tommy here struggles with that, but yeah, that's just one thing about him. He also, you know, is really fast running. Nobody Throws a stick better than he does <laughs> the Right, you can tell I'm old. The skills that I hold high, I can throw a stick. <laughs> right, quite
1: all right. It's the little things, Andrea. But it, there's also a message here, I believe, for parents and educators as well, um, in demonstrating all the other beautiful things that are that that make us who we are. Right, yeah. and then learning those little discoveries every day that uh, just like David and Aaron. That I can draw there 's something else that I can do. I have a superpower, and I think that kids are going to be about their business and finding out what their real superpower is, right and I also want to I want to note that there 's another beautiful gift wrapped in this book, the typeface. Yeah. Could you talk about the font in the book
0: so the the um, since Aaron Slater struggles with dyslexia, we wanted to have the book typeset in a t- in a font that is easier for folks who have dyslexia and the the font is called dyslexia. i think there are probably several that are that can help with this but somehow the shape of the letters maybe they're a little more weighted towards the bottom somehow that visually can help a dyslexic brain recognize the letters more easily and so it's less difficult for a dyslexic person to read so that i was really just i love my publisher abram's books for young readers for so many reasons but just the the beauty and kindness and love they bring to all of these books and to their readers and that's evident just through the quality of the books i mean i don't think anyone makes more beautiful books than abram's but that this kind of of decision to, yeah, let's absolutely do this in a dyslexic friendly font. Absolutely. I mean, they were so on board with that. And, um, I mean, there's so many
1: that. layers. There's so many layers. The intentionality and the meaningfulness that went into making this beautiful book. You know, I can't imagine all the hands and you know, and ideas and opinions and, but, um, it's a beautiful gift. It is absolutely beautiful. And I can't wait for all of our listeners to, um, to have the book and read the book over and over again. Um, we're talking about Aaron and, you know, talking about the characters and all these beautiful characters that you introduce and you present to children all over the world. Does it matter to you as an author, how, or if, students are able to see themselves in the books you write?
0: Oh, yeah, I think it's incredibly important. It's so empowering. Um, First off, it makes the message of the book, if there is one, or just that experience so personal for the kid. Oh, this book is for me. Uh, That's absolutely crucial. And there's so many, so many kids who've never seen themselves for whatever whatever reason, maybe for their family structure or the color of their skin or where they're from or whatever. They never see that. And so they feel like, oh, that book is not for me. Books, yeah, that's for other people. That's for people who look like this or come from that background or whatever the case may be. I do think it's one of the wonderful things. So, so first off, yes, every kid needs to see themselves in a book because mm-hmm. that empowers them immediately to know books are for me. This is it. That's really important, but it also means that for other people to see a kid of whatever variety, they go, oh, so for instance, like Ada Twist. So people look at, at Ada Twist and they go, oh yeah, black girls can be scientists. Okay, mm-hmm. done again, got it, move on. Um, Rosie, you know, girls can be engineers. I actually have people who write letters from their, their son saying, can boys be engineers? Probably. I don't know. Sounds <laughs> sounds a little iffy and weird, but sure,
1: we'll try it. I'm sure. Uh, right. Well, speaking of Ada, um, I noticed Ada didn't speak until she was about three, three years old, but she displayed growth in other areas. Was there a message for parents there or maybe those parents who might question their child's development? Um,
0: yeah. And I mean, far be it for me to Trying to tell parents how to parent because I've got two of my own and I know like every kid is different, every family is different. The adventure, I have a friend with 10 kids, and she says, I will tell you, they are all exactly the opposite. And that's not mathematically possible. No one kid is the same. <laughs> there is so different. There is never a way to repeat that. Um but yeah, I think um. I've lost my train of thought. My train has left the station that's, without me. That's, that's okay. That's that's quite all right. We were talking about Ada um, in oh. the book. She didn't speak until she oh, was. Oh, yes, it's yes.
1: just. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I think what happens, sometimes there are kids who just, they've got so much going on and they don't feel the need to talk yet. And, and Ada is one of those kids. And you can tell developmentally that she has a lot going on mm-hmm. by the clues that are in the illustrations. And one of them is where she is, she has all of her stuffed animals lined up and she's counting the number of of legs they have. So she has a bird and she has the number two by it. has two legs. She has um, uh, a cat or something. has four legs. And then she has, so she has the number four by that. And then she has an elephant. She puts five by it. Well, that's not correct. Elephants don't have five legs, but it's a very good assumption. And you can tell, you know, like, oh, she's got stuff going on. Um, So, yes, absolutely. The other thing is like Albert Einstein, you know, supposedly did not speak really until he was three. But boy, when he got going, he had some stuff to say. So I think, yeah, I think his parents and I'm certainly guilty of this. um, We don't always just watch our children and listen to them and really slow down enough to just see what they're really doing and what the processes are that are going on. Um, right. so yeah, I mean, kids are amazing. They're, oh yeah, absolutely. And
1: Rosie, I have to mention Rosie. Every, everybody loves Rosie. She's shy and you've talked about her before and she has hair over one eye, but so does the rest of her
0: family. Yeah. Was there any significance to this? Um, That was very much David Roberts that he um, he made that sort of a family trait, but she shows up in Iggy Peck, as do all the other children in this class. And that was sort of her defining trait is Mm -hmm. to me. She you never saw both of her eyes and she's this tiny kid. She's probably the smallest kid in the class. And again, she sort of looks like she does just like, oh, don't talk to me. I'm just going to hide here behind those bangs and uh, do my thing and just like. And that made me think, well, why? What's her what's her story? And so all of these books are born from me sort of playing detective and finding the clues and the traits that David puts in all the illustrations. But he never tells me what they are. But I have to go then and kind of like, well, what is what is that a sign of? What is this about? What? And so I, when I wrote Aaron Slater, when I look back through the different books, Aaron's clues for me were, A, that he's wearing these bright yellow socks. So he's got so much pizzazz that's just bursting out, but he's trying to, trying to just dial it back and blend in, uh, but can't quite do it. And then whenever we see him in Ada Twist, when everyone's looking in these jars and observing, like trying to find the smells, the stinking up the world that Ada's tracking down. In Aaron's jar, there's a flower, there's a beautiful hydrangea. And that was the, the clue that this guy, he loves beauty, he loves nature, he loves art. Uh, and then on his sign in Sofia Valdez, when they're having a, a march to, to try to get support for a park, and his, his sign has no words on it, but it has a flower that he's drawn. Mm-hmm. And that's like, okay, that's, he's the artist. He's, he's the one who's going to find his way to say what he needs to say. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a treasure hunt.
1: Wow. And a beautiful one at that. Thank you. There's a level of frustration. There seems to be a theme with your books. There's a level of frustration that each character faces, but a beauty in the missteps or mistakes and cheese what's up with the cheese andrea
0: <laughs> I, love, I love missing cheese i'm a cheese head. I'm, I'm not from wisconsin but i'm close enough to the border that i can appreciate a cheese head hat you know um actually this guy has one of those i think. Aaron in the Sophia valdez uh, i just love the cheese i don't know it's uh, cheese is funny as foods go some foods are funny cheese mm-hmm. is funny food i don't <laughs> And and it's really one of the great things, too, is that David Roberts really, um, he's so game for that. So any Mm -hmm. goofiness that I include in the book, he's right there with me on it. And um, sometimes I will include things just to see. Like in Sofia Valdez, the departments of the town, you know, there's the Department of... Double Department Brown. of Cheese. Department <laughs> of Cheese, <laughs> and, you know. But, yes, Department of <laughs> Fun or whatever. I put that stuff in there mostly just to see what David will do. And it, it always cracks well, me well, you guys tag team well. You, you guys tag team
1: well. That's exactly I, the term for it. Thank you. Do you think this series gives kids a real answer to that age-old question. What do you
0: want to be when you grow up? Oh, um, I kind of hope not because I kind of hate that question. Is that strange for the person who has so many books about careers? Because they're not really about careers, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. I want kids to just recognize the traits that they have that are so important and let those inform who they are. So for instance, passion, curiosity, and, um, all of all of those traits, perseverance. And I I do think actually that's why the books really connect with kids because every kid is curious. Like Ada is every Mm -hmm. kid has struggled and been frustrated like Rosie, but still had to kind of give up or work through it. Um, and it's it's really one of the, the strange but lovely things that uh, has really made me happy is when parents tell me about their kids